Audio is the most relevant distribution platform and our voices are the new operating system. We're here to share how we use it and the tools that have helped us along the way. My name is Jeremiah. And I'm Nar. Welcome to All Things Audio. What's up, everyone? This is another episode of All Things Audio. My name is Naranjan. Some people call me Nar. Over here, we have my buddy and good friend. Jeremiah, what's up, everybody? Good to see you again, Nar, virtually, as always. <laughs> as, as always, we're really excited to be speaking to all of you about episode three today. Today's topic is one that Jeremiah and I have been discussing over the last few years. Specifically, it's about distribution platforms, uh, distribution as a concept, uh, focused around the company Spotify, which all of you have heard. Um, Jeremiah, first time you heard of Spotify and when you started using uh, it as a, as a paid product. Yeah, so I think I first uh, started using Spotify, I want to say, on a road trip that I took uh, from St. Louis to Brown, where I went to undergrad in 2011, uh, maybe 2012. So this was uh, right before my senior year. I was riding with my friend Levi, who's also from St. Louis. He was going to Tufts in Boston. Um, and he opened up this app, Spotify, and we're playing the 2 Chain song, um, the birthday song um, on the album, I think, um, based, on a, based on a true story by 2 Chains, And um, he was using Spotify. I think at the time, um, I don't think I was using, maybe I was using Pandora. Okay. Yeah. I think just thinking about the different streaming st- uh, services, I was using Pandora at the time, the unpaid version of it. So I was, I was getting a lot of ads uh, and the commercials and I, I usually keep it fixed on the weekend radio, some sort of R&B um, mm-hmm. around that time um, <laughs> and just, just vibe out to that. But uh, just sort of thinking about the, my arc and, and sort of my journey into using a streaming service, I think, you know, look back to high school and middle school was heavy on burning CDs. Um, and we would use, yeah, LimeWire, um, Napster even before then. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, downloading these files, but still transferring them onto a physical music player. Um, and we still sort of had that, that nostalgia around holding a CD and going and buying a CD and 10 years uh, past that accelerating now into the the 2010s and the CD and even the concept of an artist sort of making a full project has somewhat become diluted because now we have playlists. Everything's like a mixtape. Everything's a burnt CD. So I first was introduced to Spotify around 2011, 2012, became a paid user um, after I graduated when I had, you know, a little bit of money in in the bank account. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Surprise. Yeah. You actually hopped on really early. I had heard of Spotify probably around 2012. I was an undergrad. I remember a lot of, a lot of my peers and friends were downloading this app. They were super excited. It's a, a cool new streaming service. And when I really started using it a lot more was when I started going to work in the city, um, when I was working for a startup out there and I noticed a lot of my colleagues were actually using Spotify while they were working. They just kind of had a playlist in the background. So it's the same scenario for me where it went from this quote unquote hard labor of choosing the music I want to listen to, to this idea of I already know all these artists and I just want to put them all together and listen to it all at once. And I think that transition happened for me in 2013. And and we can kind of 
talk a little bit about the history of Spotify and, and how they got started and, and just jump right into it. So Spotify yeah. was launched, I think in 2008. And, you know, their goal was really to democratize this idea of being able to provide music to millions of consumers um, through some type of streaming service, through a flat fee, making it really easy in the con- throughout the concept of distribution. And I think that is going to play a huge role in this entire episode. You know, today they have over 60 million tracks, uh, you know, over 1 million podcasts. But for them to get to that point, there was a lot of growth and there was a lot of tinkering that was needed and how they really wanted to look at audio as a space. And, you know, audio itself, I think we talk about the intimacy of audio um, and how when you listen to a conversation, you know that it feels like you're there. I think with music, it's a little bit different, but I think Spotify's Spotify's goal was to kind of really enter your life into a medium that you already use pretty heavily. So yeah, yeah. why I not? Remember, why, yeah, I, I, I remember uh, in an interview with Daniel Ecke, he spoke about how his initial concept was to just really sit with the fact of imagining having all the world's music in your music library um, and yeah. creating that feeling of immediacy. Right, to be able to just open up your smartphone and have it all. And that's, I mean, that's such a far-reaching, grandiose proposition of goal. Um, but, you know, he, he started there and, and um, they're on their way, which is just an, an incredible thing to think about. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because I remember that from one of his interviews. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, that's a, it's a great point. I think that when you look at traditionally, you and I are not necessarily plugged into the music industry but we have a basic understanding of there were artists there were labels there were distributors and then listeners consumers fans of these products spotify kind of came in and they really established themselves as a distributor also an aggregator and kind of ate into labels which and i i mean this in the context of artists were able to directly upload their own music to Spotify eventually and distribute it to their millions of consumers. So Spotify itself became more than just a distribution platform, but it also became a really big aggregator so that they were able to provide artists an ability to live off of their music or make money off of their music rather, because I don't know how many artists actually are able to make a full-time income off Spotify, which is a totally separate topic. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the one of the really cool ideas and concepts is that Spotify, similar to SoundCloud and a lot of these other mm. uh, hosting services, they allowed people to create or they created new jobs almost, right? New artistic jobs. So someone else mm. who probably thought that they could never put their music out or even if, you know, they don't have many listeners and they're only burned on CDs, it allowed everyone to really become an artist. And I think that empowerment plays a huge role uh, going back to the concepts of audio as an industry in general, because we have music artists, we have, we have, we have artists, right? Those who create music, produce all that. And now with podcasts, we have people like you and myself who are using another element of creativity to try and promote our own content and our own uh, podcast around this. And I think yeah. po- podcasts themselves have been a huge driver of growth for Spotify and where it's gotten today. And so that's why we want to talk about a little bit about Spotify's history before we kind of really break into podcasts as a driver of growth in general yeah. for this company. Yeah. And, and you touched on something earlier that I think is super important. Consumption habits have shifted. Uh, what people are listening to, when they're listening to it, and how they're engaging with that content because of Spotify. Uh, 
you know, broadly speaking, because of these streaming services and before that, because of the internet, these uh, platforms being created. Um, but there's been this enormous consumer shift um, and interests are changing and how people are learning about audio and podcasts and audiobooks and fiction and comedy simply through their AirPods, how people are, are learning about what they like to listen to is changing. And because of, of COVID, you know, uh, one thing that you touched on is artists, you know, making money. Well, a lot of artists have lost money since they can't tour. And uh, I think there's an opportunity there uh, with this creative space of podcasting um, to create another income source uh, for artists. Going from, you know, Spotify has, as we mentioned in the previous episode, um, they went from a music company to an audio company. And I wanted to clarify one data point that I made in, in episode one. I think I mentioned that Spotify had 130 million um, users. Actually, they have 130 million paid subscribers. They have nearly 300 million users worldwide. They are the number one audio streaming service on the planet. So um, I just want to touch on that as, as thinking about, you know, artists and thinking about folks who um, already have an audience. There's potentially another revenue stream there uh, through podcasts. And, and that's an interesting point because I think the behind the scenes or even talking through the journey of creating an album, when you look at an artist, if they shared that snippet, I know we've seen that on YouTube, like John Bellion, I think Logic, a few of these other guys, um, artists have shared the behind the scenes of what it's been like to create and make an album through mm -hmm. YouTube videos, through documentaries. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is an opportunity there for artists as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that podcasts, you know, just really, they open up a totally different market for, I think, people with existing audiences, but also for people without audiences, they yeah. can build one. And I think that is what makes, you're creating new users that didn't exist before. Yes. And you're also creating new creators that didn't exist before. And yeah. I think that's what, and, and that's what makes Spotify unique. Going back to the acquisition of Anchor, allowing creators like us to do it for free. I think just, we talked a little bit about Anchor in the previous episode, just how powerful this entire institution is in yeah. pushing the audio movement forward. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. a, there's a quick point that I wanted to mention. Um, and so, and the CEO of Spotify actually talked about this in an interview uh, on a podcast called Invest Like the Best. And he mentions that really every successful media platform has been built off of the back of existing content. And when you think about that, you look at Netflix, none of their content initially was original. There, were, yeah. there was no, you know, there was no Netflix original. There was no Peaky Blinders or, you know, all of their famous shows, Stranger, Th Stranger Things for those first couple of years. The same yeah. with HBO. Um, and I think Spotify has really been able to master that with their own process of creating Spotify originals and exclusive deals and, and um, concepts and podcasts and, 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 and media products that they only host. But before it was the millions of artists and the millions of other existing podcasts were already on their platform. Yeah. And that kind of, that, that's a kind of really unique concept that we're going to get a lot deeper into here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that, man. That's revealing to me to also recognize that, yeah, once Spotify was able to get access to the music files, I guess get access to copyrights through licensing, it's like, okay, we're good. We're good. Now we're, and we'll talk about this. Now they're in a perpetual negotiation to make sure that they're able to maintain that IP on their platform and be able to, to license that. Now, you know, doing exclusive deals with podcasts. But I do want to take a step back and, and, and provide some stats. And this is taken from 
the conversation that Daniel Ek had with Bloomberg, I believe, where he was talking about Spotify as this audio company. I think it was the first interview that I watched where he was, he was sort of expressly naming Spotify as an audio company, right? And, and he did that by being very specific and clear around podcasts being this, uh, I think he, he said, a, a nascent marketplace. It's just coming into existence, showing a lot of potential right now. Um, but it, it is the future for them. So just Spotify just passed, and this was a few months ago, but they passed over a million podcasts on their platform. A year ago, there were 250,000 podcasts on their platform. That's it's wild. 60% of all podcasts um, are being produced and distributed via Anchor. Right. That's that, that's wild. That's right. a huge number. Holy I think I think yeah. and I'll clarify this, um, but I think that sixty percent of the podcasts on Spotify, specifically okay. on Spotify, okay. so sixty okay. percent okay. of all sixty percent of all podcasts on Spotify are being produced and distributed via Anchor, and they're just making it easier for people to create, distribute, um, and improve the consumption experience. Podcasts itself are based on RSS feed technology, which is what we touched on in the previous episode. Um, and this is a pre-Facebook YouTube technology. So even the medium in which we are distributing these podcasts and how Spotify is innovating on top of it is actually really old. And so we don't know, you know what the concept of a podcast or audio content will really look like. It's going to be reimagined in this next decade or so. And so that's what makes this so exciting is we're already seeing the innovation on the consumption side and the creation side move pretty quickly, but the actual technology itself is going to change rapidly of how uh, a creator may try to push out an audio, a piece of audio content or how it may be delivered to our devices. And I think Spotify is going to be at the forefront of that. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's all good. I, it's interesting because we are talking about the technology, but I think with Spotify, it's important to note that one of their core competencies um, as a business is their licensing, legal, and negotiations framework. Uh, we were talking about this before the call, but they are consistently negotiating. They're consistently trying to put themselves in the position legally with their contracts so that they can have content and they can distribute that content to us on their platform. With that in mind, um, a huge thing happened at the end of July. The Spotify signed a podcast deal with uh, Obama's, uh, the Obama's production company, Higher Ground Productions. Now, um, if you open up Spotify and pull up the Michelle Obama podcast, which was released in July, you'll see that it's described as a Spotify original. We've, yep. we've seen this phrasing before, and Arunjan touched on it earlier in the, in the conversation, we've seen this before with Netflix, House of Cards, uh, was the first Netflix original series, quote unquote. So back to the Michelle Obama podcast, Spotify has an exclusive license to use the recordings that are owned by Higher Ground Productions, the Obama's production company. And they can stream the recordings on Spotify. No other platform can use the recordings for the Michelle Obama podcast. That's a huge deal. Um, how is this possible? I think if we take, sort of, again, take a step back and look at it at a very high level, 
a little bit of law, a little bit of IP 101 here. Um, yeah, and bef- before we right get into that, again, yeah. I want to let th- let our uh, listeners know that Jeremiah himself is a, is a lawyer and a JD. So this is really his field of expertise. And I think that what you're about to hear is a really awesome summary and analysis of what makes Spotify unique uh, as a digital product and company. Well, for one, I can cut that out if I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I appreciate that. I'm, I'm learning. Um, but this, what's so interesting about intellectual property is that it intersects with the ability to create. It intersects with um, the ability to, to pursue creative endeavors. So as, a, as an area of law, it's, um, it's really interesting to me. So you think about how this is possible, just in the same way that the law acknowledges ownership, rights and tangible property, land, houses, your smartphone, your computer. It also recognizes rights for intangible property, intellectual property, like sound recording, what we're doing right now. Uh, the specific type of intellectual property that's created through a sound recording is a copyright. We've all heard this word before. But to borrow some words from the U.S. copyright law, a copyright is a form of protection granted to authors of, quote, original works of authorship, end quote, from the moment the work is created in a fixed form. So if you think about a podcast, podcasts are protected by way of a copyright because they are a sound recording. And a sound recording is original to the person who creates the sound. So Mm -hmm. using the Michelle Obama podcast as an example, Michelle Obama's voice produces her own unique sound. In the podcast as a whole, the full compilation of sounds is an original sound uh, compilation. So that hits the first part of the definition. Again, original works of authorship. The Michelle Obama podcast is an original sound compilation. So the podcast itself is original and it's fixed in a tangible medium of expression, meaning it's captured, it's captured in a sufficiently permanent medium so that the work can be understood or communicated for more than a short amount of time. So any sound recording produces an audio file that is fixed and it can be played over and over again. So that's mm-hmm. what makes podcasts copyrights at a very high level. So the Higher Ground Productions, Obama podcast company, I'm going to make a strong assumption. I don't know this, but I'm going to make a strong assumption that they own the copyright to the Michelle Obama podcast. So since they own the copyright, they own the intellectual property, they get to decide how it's used. Um, I'm sure they wanted two things to to occur here. Um, I think that they wanted to get the podcast out to as many people as possible and also make as much money as they can. Um, Yeah and have you know a revenue stream from this podcast so um if we think about how do you do this people are saying that this is an exclusive spotify deal well the exclusive part of that phrase is coming from how they are actually structuring the agreement between spotify and higher grounds production so to do this to be able to create a revenue stream to be able to extract rent from this copyright. They license their IP, they license their copyright to Spotify exclusively. So if we think about what what a a license is, what a licensing agreement is, it's just a contract between two parties. One party, the owner gives the other party permission to use their IP. And Spotify has an exclusive license to the podcast, meaning that the parties agree that no other platform can use the intellectual property. Um, this is huge. This is huge for Spotify because now people have to come to their platform. 
They want to listen to the podcast. I was talking to my mom and I told her to just pull up the podcast and she opened the podcast app and was looking for it. She's like, why can't I do that? Why can't I listen to it here? Because <laughs> Apple Podcast doesn't have access to it. They don't. Um, it's, it's unfortunate for Apple. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're kicking themselves, but um, Spotify was uh, the one to get that, to get that exclusive license, uh, which is big. We, we know this too. We mentioned this in the first episode. Joe Rogan signed a multi-year licensing agreement with Spotify as well, starting in a yep. month, I think September 1st. Um, the entire Joe Rogan library will be available on Spotify um, and, and other platforms. Um, he does a lot of content on YouTube, um, so, uh, which is, of course, is owned by Google. But sometime around January 2021, all of the Joe Rogan content will be exclusively on Spotify. So you'll, yeah. you won't be able to so listen to it. It's crazy, yeah. bro. Won't be able to listen yeah. to it on YouTube. He's taken, he's, he's done He's taken the whole work. thing. He's yeah. taking great work in doing these patchwork short clips on YouTube. Um, you won't be able to watch those anymore. The, all those videos will be taken over to Spotify. Spotify will have an exclusive license. Joe Rogan is one of the most popular podcasters on the planet. So this is yeah. literally industry-changing news. Industry-changing yeah. news. So um, that's, a, that's a bit of an overview of, of why copyright ownership, why um, intellectual property first and copyright specifically and licensing is so important to what's happening in the audio market right now. I mean, one, well said. I, there was no better way to summarize a really complicated concept than hear it from someone like yourself who's able to really break down the difference in uh, the production company owning the IP and then licensing that directly to Spotify a distribution platform going back to the theme of the episode. And I think pointing that out is really important, right? Michelle Obama or the Obama's uh, production company, the, the company that actually owns the IP of the unique uh, authorship of work, the audio itself or the podcast themselves has licensed it to a company like Spotify, who has arguably the best distribution in this space and is building the most innovation around it relative to maybe an Apple podcast or whoever that looks like. And I think yeah. that is what makes what you talked about, the IP licensing, the Spotify originals, all of those so relevant to Spotify as a company and yes. um, as, as a distribution platform. And I think that we can't really talk um, about Spotify being this big audio conglomerate without briefly mentioning how Apple really kind of messed this up when they had such a, so, you know, they really blew the bag as, as we said, they, they, yeah. they had such a large margin of a lead <laughs> in advance. And then, you know, Spotify comes out of nowhere, you know, it's, it's Spotify was a feature of Apple for a period of time, right. I think is what you, what, what you said. And now we're at a point where Spotify is creating and is innovating a totally different industry that Apple has really left behind. And, I, and I'm sure that we'll see in the future Apple-exclusive podcasts. Uh, I don't know, but I think that who, who knows what that looks like within the concepts because Spotify is both an iOS and Android company. So I think that, you know, even the, in terms of distribution, there's a larger opportunity there. It's just you can get into so much more around it, but... Um, to see what Apple or the what really the lack thereof of what they've done and relative to what Spotify has done in innovation around audio um, is pretty remarkable and it's exciting to see where everything's headed. Yeah, man. It costs Spotify a lot up front to do these podcast deals, quote unquote, relatively um, yeah. with creatives directly. 
but they are going to make all of that back through advertisements, um, mm-hmm. specifically with podcasts. They don't have to pay a record company like Music Streams. They're just so far ahead. And Spotify yeah. and Apple, as we know, don't work together. Apple Apple is not just an audio streaming company, right? Obviously, yeah. we know Apple they're, has they're products. Hard, yeah, they're, they're, they're hardware, hardware right? Too. Yeah, but it's yeah. such a small it's such a small part of their business. I'm sure they're trying to ramp up right now, but we know that Apple and Spotify don't work together. Apple mm-hmm. just, I think, is now allowing them to use Siri. Uh, for voice support um, inside of, of, of Spotify. So that's pretty big. But Spotify is two times the size of their nearest competitor and three times has three times the engagement of the nearest competitor. So it's, it's not even a competition right now with Apple Podcasts. Spotify is just blowing everyone else out of the water um, as an audio company. And it will be interesting just to see, even from a, if you look at the acquisitions that Spotify made in 2019, Gimlet Media, nearly $200 million. Parcast, $55 million. Anchor, $154 million. The Ringer, $196 million. It'd be interesting to look at how much ad revenue is coming in based off of those acquisitions, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at Apple, I'm not sure if Apple has made, and we can do some research on this, I'm not sure if Apple has made any acquisitions of one, any podcast media company, two, any um, uh, host site or, or platform like Anchor so that folks can create within the Apple podcast um, yeah. ecosystem. I'm not sure. And yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know if they have or, or haven't either, but I, but what I do know is that Spotify is, has been acquiring as much content and IP as possible to bring in those users of those podcasts onto their product. Because I think the unique, the unique uh, value prop that Spotify has is again, being available both on an iPhone and an Android. Right. And I think you can't listen to, you know, you can't listen to Apple Podcasts on an Android. You have to listen to Google Podcasts. So at the end of the day, I think even the innovation on how things are distributed is what also appeals uh, for for creators to be using Spotify itself. And yeah. that is that is something that you know is a whole other subject and topic. But I think that Apple is focused on being a hardware company and didn't really care about the audio space until now. And Spotify saw and took advantage of that and is now growing at the rate it is. Yeah. And Spotify is going to be able to have more leverage when they come and talk to Apple specifically as it relates to their position in the uh, Apple store. It's acquiring more leverage again, so that they can perpetually negotiate, not just with, you know, their content creators, not just with music labels as it relates to streaming, not just with acquisitions and, and, and acquiring these businesses, but with Apple, the company that owns and creates the device that the majority of people use to be able to listen to Spotify content, right? Um, they're, they're gaining a little bit more leverage. Um, so that, that's, that's going to be big for them as they continue to, to really own this audio market. So it'd be interesting to just continue to watch sort of this dynamic between Apple and, and Spotify and, you know, Google sitting back and Amazon is sitting back too. And, and, um, we'll, we'll see what they do as well um, as, as distribution platforms um, with, with audio. But Spotify definitely has a, has a lead right now, and I don't think that they're going to blow it. That's a wrap on this episode where we focused on distribution platforms, specifically Spotify, a lot of the different content wars, IP licensing, a little bit on a little bit on its history. So we're excited to to keep going and keep building all things audio with you all. If you like this episode, um, if you're liking this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Um, <laughs> and like this podcast if you're on Spotify, subscribe if you're on any platform, and continue to join us as we continue to talk about new and relevant topics in the audio space.